0: baby don't say a word mama's gonna buy you a mockingbird and if that mockingbird
1: won't sing mama's gonna buy you a diamond ring hello to all you gorgeous ghouls out there and welcome to another episode of sinister sightings by a paranormal checks
0: i'm zoe o from northern ireland and i am a beautiful creepster Donna and Carrie are about to tell us some amazing and possibly terrifying listener
1: stories. So remember to creep it real and it's okay to be scared sometimes. <coughs> Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are paranormal chicks.
0: Sinister sightings 88. <laughs> oh know. We are a paranormal chick. I don't know. You said it so like mm, that's a little like, I don't mm-hmm. know, gumption or something behind it. That's a sinister sighting. An end.
1: <laughs> well, talking about gumption, um, Zoe O had some gumption with that fucking lullaby. She creep you out creeped me out. I would not go to sleep after that lullaby.
0: But did you love that accent? I did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Y'all want to kill it like she did? Head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All right, let's just jump right in. The first one is called My Guardian Angel Saved My Life. Hello, best friends I have never met. It's Hillary again. I hope you enjoyed my first story. Sorry if it's a little confusing or just not that good. You know it was. I'm not the best at telling stories. Well, in that email, I promised this story. It all happened on June 13th, 2016. I was 23 years old. I was driving to start my day of work at formerly known as Rayleigh Field, now called Sutter Health Park. I was just leaving my house when I was hit head on by a drunk driver going just under 100 miles per hour. This crash totaled my car, and it took first responders almost 35 minutes to extract me from my car.
1: Oh my god! Okay, I remember
0: who the guardian angel is! Okay, 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 okay. Now, to go into the nitty-gritty detail of this event. I was just turning the corner from my dead-end street onto the main road that takes you to the freeway when Margaret, my guardian angel of sorts, in case you're reading this story first... Long story short, she has been a spirit that I've seen and has been with me all my life, showed herself to me, and told me to brace myself, and she will shield me. I was confused by this and looked at her for literally a split second. That is when I saw the car coming at me. But instincts kicked in and I went totally limp. Now, at this moment, the car hits me head on, and to top it off, from the dining room window of our house, my mom watched the whole crash happen. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? No. After the initial impact, all I felt is intense heat and pressure on my chest, but I was fully awake and aware of everything going on. There were about 18 police officers running and surrounding my car, and they were all screaming. I could hear my parents screaming and crying. I could hear the police officers holding my parents back. I could hear the sirens, and just everything sounded like I was underwater. But I could move every muscle in my body. I could hear myself screaming that I was okay. Just tell my parents that I'm okay. I also had Margaret keeping me safe. Her face was mere centimeters from my face, and I could hear her whispering the Lord's prayer. Now, I am not particularly religious, but I did grow up going to church on Sundays with my grandmother, and so I know the Lord's prayer, and I found myself repeating it with her. After a few moments, I heard an officer trying to get my attention. He was calling my name, so I answered him and told him that I was okay and I was ready to get out of my car. He relayed the message and allowed my parents to come over and talk to me. I told my mom what happened and that Margaret was with me and keeping me safe. They had to use the jaws of life to first cut through the car that hit me because his car had piled on top of mine, then through my car to reach me. I'm a short, barely five feet tall thing, and somehow I ended up sitting knee to chest under my steering wheel in that little cubby between the floor and the bottom of my dash staring at my driver's seat. I also have to note that I invested in a dash cam only a month before this, and it was running the entire time. I was not injured other than a few bruises and a superficial scratch from the glass. I did have glass in my eye and still needed to go to the hospital, but I escaped without injury. The drunk driver lost his life that day. He had led the police on a high-speed chase for nearly 30 miles before hitting me. All of my coworkers came and saw me after the game that night. They even had an announcement about the crash at the game. People of the game felt so bad for me that they started donating money to the field to get me a new car and to pay for any medical bills I might have. When my coworkers showed up to see how I was and to tell me about the game, no one believed that I walked away from the crash with no injuries. But somehow they got pictures of the crash and my car scrunched up into a ball and showed it on the mega screen at the field. I was back at work the next day. I got to go out on the field and thank everyone for their prayers and support. It was a surreal experience, but I have to thank Margaret, my angel, for saving my life that day. P.S. Keep creeping it real, ladies, and I promise to send more of my stories in and not to leave you hanging about my dash cam video. I myself have not seen it. I just can't bring myself to hell. I lived it. But the detective who covered the case has seen it, and so have my parents and siblings. They all say that you can hear me recite the Lord's Prayer and talking with the police officers, and my parents and the first responders getting me out of the car right before they break through to me. I say thank you to Margaret, and you can hear someone say you are welcome in a low, muffled voice. The first responders are all men around my car, and I'm told it's a distinct female voice. Well, have a beautiful day and a wonderfully peaceful life, ladies. Holy shit. Like, aside from the whole, you're lucky to have survived, much less with no injuries. I'm like, how the fuck did you fit in that spot? <laughs>
1: I mean, honestly, she's not an extra large pizza. Let's just assume that.
0: I mean, clearly not. Mm-mm. I mean, barely a personal pan. Right. I mean, a bucket, maybe. Right. <laughs> She's only two slices. I mean, really, you know those little um, frozen personal pan pizzas, like that, like that size.
1: But that's a good size because they. Never mind. Sorry. Mm.
0: All sizes are good sizes. Oh, though. they are. But <sighs> we love all pizzas.
1: Of course, I do. <laughs> of course, I do. You know what I've been craving about pizza, though? Tombstone Pizza. I don't know why, but their pepperoni is so good because it like crisp up. Mm-hmm. Oh! Also, though, what about the glass in your eye? Must have come out all right. <laughs> I know, but I. Oh, you know me and I stuff.
0: I was just thinking how you probably felt like sandpaper for a couple of days. Oh
1: gosh, that is crazy though. Mm-hmm. You know, her coworkers and friends were like, "Wait, what?" Like, to see a crumbled car. Like, "Mm, what? And she's
0: like, oh, no, I'm good, y'all. I mean, like, they had to cut through the driver's car to get to her car. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Well, we're very glad you're safe, and thank you, Margaret, for being there.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad that you wrote in about that. (sighs) Anyway, that was a good way to start this off, too. Like, okay. But... To follow up, this is a, my very scary and very true ghost story. Oh, God. Hey, ladies. I recently found your podcast and am 100% addicted to it. My days are not complete until I'm able to relax and spend time catching up with missed episodes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving me an outlet. Anyway, around 2006, just before my daughter turned three, we got the fright of our lives. At the time, we lived smack dab in the middle of about 14 acres. We couldn't see our nearest neighbors from our house, so it always felt very secluded, but never felt scary until this one night in particular. Now that I've set the scene, I'll get on with the story. My husband was out for the night, and my daughter and I were just watching movies in the living room. It was getting late around midnight, and the little one didn't want to go to bed and was bound and determined not to. I decided I would lay on the couch with her to help her fall asleep. From where the couch was positioned, you could see straight down the hallway that led to a bedroom. As I was attempting to coax the little one to relax and fall asleep, she, all of a sudden, sat up and was staring down the hallway. As I was telling her for the 25th time to lay down, she suddenly pointed down the hallway and said, "'Mommy, who's that?' My senses suddenly perked up and an overwhelming feeling of fear rose up inside of me. My daughter never took her eyes off of the hallway as she repeatedly asked, Mommy, who's that? I sat up and looked down the dark hallway, but I couldn't see what she was pointing at. I was frozen. Her voice started to change, getting higher and higher with every repetition of the words until she started to cry out. I picked her up and ran to the back of the house to my bedroom, locked the door, and sat shaking in the middle of the bed. I was frantically trying to come up with a plan to get us out of that house, but I was too afraid to move. As we sat there on the bed, staring at the door, half expecting something or someone to bust through it at any minute, I began to hear a shuffling noise right outside of the door. It sounded like leaves blowing in the wind. The noise eventually stopped and everything went quiet. At that point, I decided our best bet was to make a run for it. I held my baby tight, walked to the door, turned the lock on the knob, and flew through the house and out the back door. As soon as we got out the door, I immediately felt like someone or something was running after us. It was a bit of a run to where my car was parked, but I've never ran so fast. I opened up the car door, threw my daughter in the passenger seat, and tore out of the driveway like a bat out of hell. The driveway was a long gravel road and seemed to take forever to get to the highway. I was nearly at the end of the gravel road before I felt like I wasn't being followed anymore. Once I got to the highway, I stopped the car put my daughter in her car seat, and gathered myself as I got back into the driver's seat. Since we lived in the middle of nowhere, there was no cell service until you get about halfway to town, so I headed to town. The whole way, I was frantically trying to get a hold of my husband, but he never answered. By this time, my daughter was calm in the back seat, but I was a crying mess. As I continued to drive, I looked at my daughter in the rearview mirror, and she asked me, Mommy, why are you crying? I answered by telling her I was crying because I was scared. And she said, Why? Because he was pointing at you? So that's my story. Nearly 14 years later, and I remember every minute of what happened right down to the feeling that we were not going to make it out of that house alive. Oddly enough, looking back on it, there were so many paranormal things that happened in that house that I always just tried to rationalize in my head but I was never scared to live there until that night. Thanks for reading my story. Sorry it's so long, Robin. Uh, didn't anybody teach that ghost not to point? It's rude. Right? Oh my God. My butt would pucker if my daughter said that. Like, Uh, hers did. <laughs> Why? Because he was pointing at you? What do you mean, child? When and which time was he pointed at me? Mm-mm. And what did he look like? I need to know all these answers. See, and this is when children, they're, like, already Oh, She's, like, already done. Like, she's already moved on, but then you're still, like, rattled from it, and then you want answers, and they're, like, meh, well like a person. Whatever. Bye. Right. And it's, like, no. Ugh, <sighs> Robin, that was so freaking good. I'm glad y'all got out of there alive.
0: Yeah, I would died, and I would have ran. And the whole, like, feeling like he was following me, no, thank you. And see, I'm one of those people who have to look back. You know what I mean? Like where
1: they're like, don't look back. Like just keep running. Mm -hmm. I have to look back. You gotta know. I do. I'm too fucking nosy.
0: No. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But you also have to have closure. So you have to know what happened. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. I have to have closure. I mean, I do too. I'm not saying I don't.
1: But you do. I mean, I have to have a closure on everything. I cannot stand when they fucking like... When it's the first season and they cancel something, I'm like, what the fuck happened? What was what was going to happen? Like, I know you had, like, four seasons planned out, so can you just tell me what was going to happen with the characters? You know what show
0: pisses me off more than anything about that? What? Fucking pitch. Oh, my God. That is the show that I'm like, what the fuck happened? Can yes. somebody just pick that up for, like, a season and tell me what happened? Oh, my God. It
1: was so good. And by that, I mean, like, it really was good, but Mark Paul. Mark Paul, Paul Gosler.
0: Goslin, Gosler? Gosler.
1: You were right. mm I should know, because that's my last name now. Um. Cut
0: that beard.
1: The beard. baseball pants.
0: Mm, that butt. Mm. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We okay, gotta move on. Sorry.
1: That's a sinister sighting in the
0: best sense. Okay. Hello. I finally got called up today after only, like, three weeks. I work in retail before the stores open, so podcasts are my thing to listen to. So glad I found you two. I don't have many stories to tell, but here I am anyways. First thing, my mom's dad, that makes sense, right? Side of the family, we are related to the Jersey Devil, which as of June 24th, Donna hasn't covered yet, so I highly recommend it. So the first little story is from when I was in fourth grade. I was having a sleepover, and my mom suggested we do the Ouija board. We are super into it, waiting for an answer to whatever stupid question nine-year-old girls would ask it. All of a sudden, it goes Dark, and we scream and get away from the board. My wonderful mother thought it was a good idea to cut the lights out on us. And yeah, it's hilarious to think back on. Now, a few days after that, my mom went to take a shower and nothing but red ants came out of it. I'm not saying it was related because we lived in really terrible apartments, but I'm also not saying it wasn't because we did break the circle. The world may never know. The next story features my husband. He used to be a security guard, and one of the places he was in charge of was an old hospital. They had it shut down, or at least within the last three years of this story, because they had just built a new one downtown. So, not only was this big building completely empty of people and some equipment left behind, he was also the night guard. So, it was super creepy. I wasn't working at the time, so he used to call me as much as he could, so he could have someone to talk to. He has heard slash seen many things there. one elevator would just open and close by itself, a different one wouldn't open on the third floor, just go straight from two to four. He would also hear footsteps in rooms and hallways he had just finished checking. He's pretty sure that some homeless people were living there as well, which is a whole different kind of scary if he had to confront them. At a different site he had to guard, someone pulled a knife on him. I think that's it for now. If I remember anything more, you know, suppressed memories from childhood and all of that, I'll write it in again. Um, the red ants. Oh, that was definitely payback for making you break that circle. Uh-huh.
1: Oh, red ants mm-mm. like
0: mm-mm. Mm-mm. not even the black ones like the red ones the ouchy ones
1: mm-hmm. so glad you bench this tubu and glad we can keep you company send in all the stories that you remember i loved all of them but on to this next one and it is someone's personal paranormal story hi ladies i'm a new fan as of today and i wanted to send you a sinister sighting story I've always had an interest in the paranormal. I guess you could say it probably started when I watched my dad die when I was five, then seeing my grandfather's spirit sitting at the foot of my bed years later. I've always seemed to have a connection, and it seems like my daughter has it too. Spirits are always around her. Needless to say, she doesn't sleep much because they won't leave her alone at night. This story started about this time last year. My father-in-law had passed from cancer in April of 2017. My grandma passed one year to the day in 2018. I started seeing a dark shadow go down the hallway in our home. My cat would see something standing behind me when I'd sit in the living room. My daughter was also seeing the shadow. My husband thought we were nuts. Until he saw it too. Fast forward to September of last year. My husband came home sick from work on September 4th. On September 6th, my 52nd birthday, he died. After he passed, the shadow was gone. Gone. Was it his father who came to take him home to Jesus? Was it my grandma trying to tell me what was coming? Who knows? In November of last year, we moved to a new home. I would get up in the mornings and find multiple cabinet doors and drawers open in the kitchen. My daughter has seen white mist in her room all the time. Then one day she was doing a video on her phone of our orange tabby. You can see him watching something. Then clearly see a little white ball of light go through above his head. Is it my husband? It's possible. Whoever it is, we don't feel anything bad or any fear from them. They're just a part of the family. Thanks for reading, ladies. A new fan, Alicia in Oklahoma. Whew, Alicia. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's super personal, I feel like, and just super close to you. Wow, I'm so sorry for your loss. Your losses. Oh gosh. I really feel like, yeah, that was an omen about your husband's death for sure. And that's so,
0: that's so scary. Oh my gosh. God, maybe it was. I don't know. You know, because hindsight's freaking twenty twenty. You know, it's like, it's easy to put the pieces together when you're looking back. Mm -hmm. So it's like, do those pieces go together? Or are you trying to make a round peg fit in a square hole? Or whatever the saying is. Oh, I watch that kind of porn too. Don't worry. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening, even though, you know, Donna. (laughs) Okay, the next one is called Children in the Walls. Oh, shit. Hey there from Minnesota. I recently found your podcast a few months ago and think you gals are hilarious. My son is now eight, but we are going to go back to the story from when he was three. So for context, we used to rent an older early 1930s built home when my son was younger before his brother came along. He was always an intuitive child who frequently, excuse my French, scared the shit out of me saying creepy things and getting up in the middle of the night and staring at me while I slept. He used to tell me about a guy named Sid who lived in his closet. We also had this one shelf that was very deep, yet anything you put up there somehow would end up on the floor, and you would hear it fall out. I used so much sage while living in that house. The creepiest experience of all was one night he had an accident, and I was going to get the wet sheets off his bed and proceeded to start to help him get out of his wet pajamas. He stops me and says, Mom, everyone is going to see my butt. It's in the middle of the night, and it's just me and him. So I reply, Bud, it's just us. Then he says the scariest thing a mom never wants to hear. He says, The children and the walls will see. Um, what? Nope. No. No. Thank God we didn't live there for much longer after that, but the strangest thing was the day we were moving out, we discovered a latch in the upstairs closet that opened into a little room previously unknown to us for the past two years of living there. All that was in that room was a couple of pieces of a broken mirror and a couple of children's toys. This room was right above my son's room. I have never been so excited to get the fuck out of somewhere. Thank God we could leave that day and never return. Thanks for all that you do to keep things spooky, Holly. Also, the all of that, um, what, nope, nope, nope is all Holly. And that made me giggle so much because it totally sounded like my reaction,
1: but it was her. Well, one, I don't want kids anyway, but then to have children in the wall, no. I don't want children in the corn. I don't want children in the wall. Also, then I'm like, oh, my God, is it, like, children's ghosts who have been, like,
0: abducted and, like, kept there in that little latched place or something? I don't know. And I'm also like, I'd rather the kids in the wall. At least they don't have to fucking wake you up so you can get them out of their piss, PJs. Uh, they're going to wake you up if you can hear them? She she couldn't hear them.
1: Well, because she had a kid, but we wouldn't have a kid. So they had to get it somewhere.
0: Maybe. Mm-hmm.
1: Sid'd so be like, a knock, knock, motherfucker.
0: True. Mommy. Help me, Mommy. I want to play with Heidi.
1: Oh, okay, now. <laughs> it's all fun and games until you bring that name up. I swear to God, if I'm ever with a guy and he is like... If I well, one, if he ever calls a butt a hiney, come on, that's reserved it for like only kids. But I swear to God, if he ever says the word hiney, I'm be like, get the fuck out of my house right now.
0: What if he is, is says, like, I have a hiney fetish? And then he goes, ah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wish y'all could have seen her body language, like her nostrils flared. She took a deep breath in. She started oh my- sitting up taller when she thought I was going to do the laugh. I really did. And,
1: oh, God, no. <laughs> no. You want a haunted house, just have that in on repeat. Like, literally, oh, my gosh. Y'all, I'm playing Phasmophobia or whatever the fuck that is, and that scares the shit out of me. But that, if I heard her doing Heine's laugh on there, I wouldn't play that shit anymore. Because it's scary, but nothing is as scary as that fucking laugh. <laughs> and that one time, because I, she's never laughed like that before. <laughs> the first time, by far, was the worst. Well, yes, because it was actually Heine coming out of you. <laughs> and I've... she, like, made eye contact and she did it, y'all. <laughs> Heine was looking, looking at me. Like, I'm serious. I remember it. Oh, God. <laughs> In the thank you videos, sometimes she'll, like, it's not funny.
0: Like, she'll be, like, going to do it. Mm-mm. I've literally only ever done the laugh twice. Y'all all, y'all have heard every time I've ever done it. It fucking freaks me out.
1: You know how you are, like, for a kid, I'm going to tell your dad. Or, like, is that your dad? Is he home? You know, and they're, like, they act they act right. She could be, like, Donnie, stop saying shit like that. I'm going to do the honey laugh. Okay,
0: like, she's not lying. up. I threaten her with the honey laugh. <laughs> Hmm.
1: Ladies, you are amazing. I absolutely love listening to the podcast at work and have almost gotten caught up. I have even gotten my 13-year-old son listening to you. We'd be sharing a Spotify account and fighting over who is listening and when. Oh, my God. Thank you. This might be a little long. Sorry. So, anyway, here's the tea. Up until the last eight years, I've traveled with one of the many carnivals that do county fairs, starting when I was around 18 or 19. I'm second generation, as my mother did also, same show when I was little. I was adopted by my grandmother's aunt and uncle because they didn't think it was a good environment for a baby. Turned 18 and went buck wild and was going like a fart in the wind when they came into town. I had my first baby at 20, so I came home to Kentucky to have her, and I lived with my grandmother. I got a wild hair at my hiney, and when she was a couple of months old, I was gone again. During this time, my beautiful grandma raised my baby girl. Came home a couple of months later when I'd had enough and missed my baby. Well, long story short, bad boyfriend ended up back at the carnival winter quarter's. It was fixing to be the start of the traveling season, so my wonderful grandma said that she would keep her for the summer. By this time, she was around nine months old. We flew home, and I stayed for a few days, and back to work I went. This was the end of January, beginning of February, so we're working hard and payday rolls around, and since I had turned 21, I wanted to try some wine. Yeah, not a good idea. I got a little tipsy that night and just felt really, really off. I got projectile sick out of nowhere. I really hadn't drank that much. The next morning, I got a message to call this number. I had no idea who it was. This was early 1994, so no cell phones. I got my hungover ass up and walked down the street to a payphone. I called and it was a police dispatch and they told me to call my grandmother's house. I call, and the county coroner answered. My world dropped right from under me because my cousin, who lived across the street, found my grandma dead and my infant daughter in her playpen right beside her. So my aunt and cousins take care of her till I can get from Florida to Kentucky. I got there a couple of days later, and they thought it was foul play, so it took a few more days than normal for funeral services to get done. Since I stayed with her and my Aunt Lou, she lived there but was out of town that night. So the only place for me to sleep was either the floor or the couch where she had passed away on. I slept on the couch. So my Aunt Lou looked like my grandma to a degree. Same build, height, but the difference was the hair. My grandma's was dark brown, black, and my aunt's was bright, bright red. So at a glance, there was no way to get them mixed up. You could tell who was who. So after a couple of days of sleeping on the couch, my family thought I was weird. It wasn't yucky or anything, so why not? My aunt took my baby and is holding her while I get a shower. I get out and start walking down the hallway to the living room where everyone is, and as I'm drying my hair, I look up and my grandma is sitting there holding the baby. I scream, drop the towel, and fall to the floor. Everyone freaks out thinking I have lost my mind, and maybe I did. But I do know that my grandma was looking after my baby that day. So the coroner told me that she had passed around 9 the night before, which was the same time I was getting violently ill. Coincidence? Question mark, question mark. So sorry this took so long. That's one reason I haven't sent it in before. I have another story I'll send in later that involves my mom and Aunt Lou when they were teens and a green man. I've also seen a lot with my traveling, too. And as of right now, it's almost been four years since one of my dear, sweet friends was found murdered on a hiking trail 25 miles from her home. Well, that's all I've got for now. Stay
0: spooky. Oh, my God.
1: Golly. What? Also... You didn't sign your name, but it's from like the it's from the website, so I don't know. Yeah, but I need more of your stories from your traveling because that is a very interesting. And what act did you do? Also, thank you for getting your son to listen to us. And oh, about your friend too. Golly, I know you have lived a life, and I believe that was your grandmother too, because she had taken care of your baby. All the time. Like, she was there. That was maybe her goodbye to your your baby.
0: Yeah. All right. This one says, Hello, lovely ladies. I recently got back into the paranormal. I've always loved all things paranormal because since I was a child, I've had experiences. They range from full-body apparitions to disembodied voices. I grew up with a very religious but superstitious Hispanic family. As an adult, I stopped seeing ghosts and started just feeling strange things or seeing things from the corner of my eye. Nothing really terrifying, just weird. Well, except for the sleep paralysis. Since I've been with my husband, I've had almost no paranormal experiences. He told me a psychic told him he is like a paranormal cockblock. block. He's you!
1: Hey, you know what? I'm going to put that on my fucking Tinder profile. Got ghost. <laughs> no problem. Got you covered. You're fucking Casper.
0: You're the Casper ad on Casper. Oh,
1: yeah. Sorry. I just it was like, Devin Sala?
0: No, the dad. That was his yeah, ad. It was like yeah. literally like got ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you this to set the scene for why this experience affected me so much. On July 7th, 2018, my sister and I started having horrible anxiety. We were stressed, looking for a new place, and my car was just in an accident, so I was waiting to see if it will be totaled out. I thought it was just anxiety about being an adult. That's a fucking truth. You know what? They should have that on your,
1: like, ailments and shit on, like, doctor forms, like mm-hmm. adulting.
0: hmm
1: Like, circle that shit.
0: The next day, we decided to spend a relaxing family day in the pool. We left our phones in the apartment, but when we came back inside, my sister, who had entered the house first, picked up her ringing phone. We all had multiple missed calls. I had 27. I heard my sister on the phone with my brother and knew. I didn't have to ask. All anxiety left my body and shock set in because I knew my dad was dead. Oh, my gosh. My father had lived a hard life of alcoholism and drugs and created a cycle of him being in and out of jail my whole life. He was living on borrowed time, and it was still a shock. That night, I found myself kissing my husband goodbye as I crammed into a car with my family's younger siblings on the way to L.A. to claim his body. The next day, we went to the coroner's office. We went to this tiny office to claim my dad's belongings. After a dramatic scene of me holding back from telling my manipulative grandmother off about releasing my rights to my father's body, we got up to leave. My grandmother marched off in a huff and I had one aunt behind me. My guard was down. As I left the claim room two steps out of the door, I felt a firm hand around my ankle holding me there. I looked down and sternly said, let go, and my ankle was released. Then I looked up at my aunt, who was behind me with a shocked look on her face. I said, did you see that? She nodded and quickly walked out ahead of me. It wasn't my father. I could sense that. It was someone else. I spent the next few days with these relatives setting preliminary funeral arrangements. Most of it was them trying to push me and my siblings completely out of any place in the funeral while expecting us to pay for it. We set the funeral for my deceased paternal grandfather's birthday on the 27th of July, so my father's two fully biological sisters only had two days of grief to remember and not three in July. The next few weeks were filled with fighting between my dad's siblings Hate throwing at my mother and family members who didn't know me trying to manipulate me to be the center stage at my father's funeral. I picked a celebration of life that was light on the religious. My grandmother wanted full Catholic, but I had to stick to what my father wanted and fight for him. I was stressed and not sleeping. The day of the viewing, I went to work early and fell asleep at my desk. I had not dreamed in a while, but this one was so realistic. I dreamt I woke up and my dad was there in my office. He just walked in and knelt down and hugged me. He said, it's okay, mija. I felt his arms around me and when he let go, I woke up. I cried and all the stress was gone. I just needed my dad to tell me it was okay. I had not felt him since he died and this was reassuring to me. The funeral went great until my grandma tried to fight my great aunt in the bathroom at the reception. I decided to take a break from the paranormal because I was satisfied with my last experience and didn't want anything to change that. That's until I found your podcast. It's a small step in without being completely emerged. My father hasn't visited since, but others have. That's a different story for a different time. Love you both and sorry this was so long. Cass. Man, death brings out the worst in people. It really does. I mean, it truly does. I mean, it, wow. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. It's interesting how your sister and you both felt it, though, and mm-hmm. knew, your body's new.
1: Mm-hmm. And why is it so hard to carry out the the deceased will? You know, like, what they want. Like,
0: motherfucker, this is what they wanted. I don't know. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, people always want to push their wishes and ideas and ideals on other people.
1: Like, what the hell? One, I don't want to be haunted, okay? Right. Besides an incubus. This one is called Sleep Paralysis or... Mm. Hey, ladies, call me Dorothy. Dorothy. I listened to you more than eight hours a day trying to catch up on all the episodes, but I just had to tell you about my haunted rent house. So a few years ago, my ex and I got a rent house in this small little house in Cushing, Oklahoma. It was a grandmother house, super tiny and definitely not meant for more than two people. Picture it. You walk in this janky ass front door Literally, janky. My ex pushed on the doorframe once and it literally moved the whole front of the house back and forth. And you're automatically in the living room. Straight ahead is the kitchen and back to the left is the bedroom. Once in the first bedroom, you turn to the right and there's a second bedroom. You walk in there and to the right again is the bathroom. And when I say tiny, I mean fucking Tiny. Anyways, my ex was a welder and would wake up at four in the morning every morning for work. Me, I didn't have to be at work until nine. Well, one morning we woke up and he told me how he had been awake, but he couldn't move for what felt like an hour. It literally felt like someone was sitting on his chest and he was going to suffocate to death. A few days later, my ex had done his morning routine and left at 4.30 a.m. for work. I was laying in bed when all of a sudden I feel someone at the foot of my bed staring at me. And not like, oh, tell it to go away and everything will be fine staring at me. The whole so petrified I couldn't move or speak staring at me. I told my ex when he got home and we brushed it off since I'm 26 and still afraid of the dark. Don't judge me. A few nights later, the same thing happened to me that happened to him. I felt like someone woke me up by sitting on my chest but I couldn't move or speak to wake my ex up. When we woke up the next morning and I went to tell him, he had also told me he felt someone sit on the edge of his side of the bed and rub his leg that night as well. Let's just say once our year lease was up, I noped the fuck out of there and will never visit that house again. Much love, Dorothy.
0: Mm -mm. No, thank you. Uh Uh-uh. No. First of all, Old Mother Hubbard house? No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know my big ass bull in a china cabinet would fuck that shit up royally. Well, that front door. mm -hmm, Yes. mm -hmm.
1: You wouldn't have a front door.
0: No. No. They said it
1: rocked side to side. The whole house. She would huff and puff and blow that shit down. Honestly, she hits her doorframe going out of her bedroom every fucking time with her shoulder. Every time I see her leave that room, she scrapes it with her shoulder. <laughs> I'm like, you live here. You exit that room all the time. Why don't you, like, skirt go over something? <laughs> no,
0: <mm-mm. laughs> like, just like I've like sh- lived here for two years. So I don't <laughs> I know that? I I don't. It's like she supports herself just by that. Just like, need that extra little input. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh uh-uh. oh, I noped up out of there too. Yes, and I never want to feel that. I never want to feel that. And I love how you just so nonchalantly like the the kind where you just tell them to go away. Uh, no, you don't.
1: No, like I've never felt any of those, of those, and I no, never will. Mm-mm. I am extra as fuck, okay? So <laughs> You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, anything, anything, I would be um, extra as fuck. That's probably why a ghost hasn't come to me. They're like, no. We're, we're gonna, not about to deal with that We're going to nope the fuck out of here. Never mind. She's too crazy.
0: <laughs> They're like, <laughs> roll call. Who wants to go to uh, Cincinnati? I'll go. Who wants to go to Hattiesburg, Mississippi? Wait, we got to go Donna's. Nope, 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 nope. You don't want to go. You don't want to (laughs) go. Nobody, nobody,
1: no takers. Yeah, I'm on their like paranormal board. Like no fly list. Yeah, no (laughs) fly
0: list.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no one wants to hunt. (laughs) Damn
0: it. Thank y'all for sending all these stories in. They were all so personal and heartfelt. And we truly appreciate y'all being so open and honest with your stories. Because y'all say it all the time in your stories about how y'all relate to one another. And it's helpful to hear others who have gone through it. So I know that other people listening really appreciate you being so open and honest in your stories as well. Mm-hmm. So thank y'all so much. Keep sending them in, paranormalchicks at com. And we're right at the end of June for those who are wondering. So if you sent your story in before then and it hasn't been read, reach out to us. Yes. I think that about wraps up, except to remember.
1: Creep it real
0: and And don't get get scared. scared.